Hey, this is Frank Gustafson with One Bold Move, the Lead Like a Marine podcast, and the Leader's Bookshelf podcast. And you are listening to Bob Nolly and the Labrador Leadership Podcast. Yes, sir. Live from the RVA, this is the Labrador Leadership Podcast with Dr. Bob Nolly. The program that brings you the leadership skills that can make you the most authentic, approachable leader for the sake of your business, your team, and for you. Now, here's Bob. Ladies and gentlemen, you found your way back once again, and thank you so much. Oh, it is just a gorgeous, beautiful, early fall afternoon in the RVA. Hope it's pretty where you are. I'm sure north of here, the cars have already blasted into action. Here, the tops of the trees are just starting to flame. It's gorgeous. We had 13 days of rain here. And um, yes, there are other areas in the country. I'm thinking of uh, South Carolina and Charleston, all through there. Got it much worse than us with flooding. And if you all are listeners of the show there, we're praying for you. But here it is just beautiful. We had 13 days of rain here in a row. And the flooding was was minor in comparison to lots of other places I said. But when the sun comes out, oh, everybody is just smiling. The corners of their mouth are turning up. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Hey, during the time since we last talked, I had the opportunity to be immersed. Uh, that's a water term, sure. Uh, immersed in the topic of project management. I have roots in project management. and. I found myself thinking about comparing all the traits we've talked about for a successful leader, what a real great leader needs to do, and how that compares to what a project manager does. Is a project manager a leader? Well, I hit the buzzer there quickly and say, yes, absolutely, for sure. But I wonder how these list of qualities compare. Uh, PM Times had a uh, post from Tim Barry, who uh, listed what he thought were the top 10 traits, and I thought I'd share those with you here today. Uh, number one, uh, and that means not just one of 10, this is number one on the top of the heap for him, is inspiring a shared vision. A project manager has to have a vision of where to go and the ability to articulate it. I agree. When you talk about inspiring, inspiring a shared vision, though, from a leadership perspective, we often think of a leader as the one that has to create that vision. Now, as a PM, you do need, indeed, to be able to do that. But very often, it is not a vision that you have created. And traditionally in leadership, we talk about this. We talk about creating and sharing and selling a vision. But as a PM, often that vision is handed to you. And that makes it a little more difficult. That's a real that's a real challenge to your authenticity as a PM. Number two on the list, uh, I should I would bump this to number one. Already, I'm disagreeing. Number two, he has is a good communicator, and you need to be able to communicate with people at all levels of the organization, from up in the C-suite from sponsors, people that are holding the purse strings on the resources for the project, all the way down to 
every team member, every stakeholder at every level of the organization. And you have to be able to do that intuitively and very effectively because you have just this entire network of conversations of support that are necessary to get that done. Number three, which ties in right into the communication skills, is a sense of integrity. The things that you do, the actions that the other team members observe, set the model for the team. And if they see a lack of integrity on your part as the PM, that your visions, your actions do not align with your words, you really are going to have a tough time bringing this project home. How do we judge a project that's successful? More often than not, at some point we say on budget and on time. Well, lack of integrity on your part as the PM, that's, that's going to be very tough to do. But if you do have that present, then you can work on number four, which is enthusiasm. And that's an easy one because we don't like working with people that have a negative, a negative attitude in nature, a negative attitude in nature. Who, who likes that? There is a real surge and call for positivism. We want somebody like the story of Leo and servant leadership that has a bounce in their step that will do anything, a can do attitude. You like to work with those people. You know who they are. You're thinking of someone now that you've liked to work with. So that enthusiasm is important. Okay, top-down recap so far for the top four. Inspiring a shared vision, a good communicator, integrity, and enthusiasm. Finishing out the top five. Well, here at the fifth place for project manager skills is the one that we have said all along is number one for a leader, and that is empathy. And here in this discussion... Uh, Tim Barry talks about the difference, and that's important, I think, between empathy and sympathy. And they're not really the same thing. Uh, sympathy, you're absorbed in your own feelings as they are projected onto the, the other person. But empathy supposes the existence of, of that's a separate individual there. That person is different than you. But you could feel their emotional background. You know where they are. How do they do that? Well, a PM can do that by just acknowledging that folks have a piece of their life outside of the workplace, outside of the project. It's easy to sit there looking at a Gantt chart and looking at the critical path and trying to reassign resources and where the slack time is. And just say, this resource here, as you put your finger on it, can do this in so many hours. And lots of times that is done with a lack of empathy. Number six, competence. Competence in the PM role is is super important. Uh, I think we've seen that recently in a growing requirement for certification such as the PMP certification through the Project Management Institute. That's a reflection of competence. Now, folks, 
those of you that have heard of the PMP certification and know that it relates to project management, let me just tell you, that is no small hurdle. Anybody that has earned that certification has walked the walk and is competent in the ways of project management because you just can't go sit for the test no matter how hard the, the test is. And it is being ratcheted up in difficulty through cycles, even as we speak. There's, there's a word that here just 30 days from now, the degree of difficulty will be turned up again. Not everybody passes it. Not everybody ever passes it. It's kind of like the CPA test in that way. Now I've offended all the accountants. No, it's, it's, it's different, but there's a big, a big part of the test-taking population that does not pass on the first time. And it reflects competence because you can't just go sit for this test and pass it. One requirement for the certification is you have to have a huge number of hours of experience working in specific roles on pro- in project management. And when you go to apply to take the exam, you have to have detailed explanation of what your role has been. Well, that was more than you wanted to hear about the PMP certification, but that's one point where competence comes into play there. Number seven, the ability to delegate tasks. Well, that kind of goes without saying. And this is where we circle around the whole concept of trust that we've talked so much about. The relationship that the project leader, the project manager has with that team, you have to generate some level of trust through the actions that you take. And that's going to give you the opportunity to to delegate tasks. And the better you are at that, the better you get at that. So you must create those successes easily. All right, number eight now, cool under pressure. I love that. I love that, and I remember the late Stuart Scott now at ESPN. Cool is the other side of the pillow. So in a perfect world, the author says everything would be on time and on budget, and we'd be all smiling at the end. It doesn't happen that way. Many times there are bodies in the ditches on both sides of the road, and that's most, most disappointing. So under pressure, if you are the example of how a project team functions, in its behaviors, you want to be cool under pressure. This goes back to inspiring a shared vision and being enthusiastic and empathetic. If you have your hair on fire, one of my favorite phrases, you you can't get it done. Warren Bennis has this great quote, the late Warren Bennis, out of the uncertainty and chaos of change, leaders rise up and articulate a new image of the future that pulls the project together. And never let them see you sweat. That's good. Okay, that's the first eight. Inspires a shared vision, good communicator, integrity, enthusiasm, empathy, competence, the ability to delegate tasks and cool under pressure. Number nine, team building skills. You know, this is interesting, I think, because often in a PM role, you don't have a choice of who who comes to the table to be on that team. Somebody outside of the team has decided that. Somebody outside of the scope is determining who's going to work on that project. So 
it might be easy to think, well, then these team building skills that the PM needs aren't really relevant. I, I think that makes them even more significant because now you're required to hold that team together. That's a team you did not select. You still will be responsible for building them and making them efficient, effective, even though you did not select them. So if you can get them to a cohesive unit, oh, you, you have a chance. And number 10, wow, I, I guess I like number 10 being here, but it, it, it's, almost, it's almost a given. Number 10 is problem-solving skills. Problem-solving skills. So even though you don't have to solve all the problems as the PM, you're going to share those responsibilities with everybody on the team. You have to have projects, project and problem-solving skills for yourself. You have to help people get things solved. It can be as simple as a sentence that starts with, take a look at this, or think of it this way. But when one specific task or issue comes to the forefront and it does not get solved, you have to have the skills to make that happen. You need to find the resources to have the additional conversations. You need to know where to go to look and think more about, about what, how do we get the answers here. You can't let an issue just sit there like a huge concrete roadblock and grind the project to the halt and cause, cause slippage that is just intolerable. You have to have problem-solving skills. And that's number 10. Okay, I read through these twice, but I'm going to do it one more time. At the top of the list, number one is inspired to share vision. And, you know, I'm kind of lukewarm in that. Number two is a good communicator. Three is integrity. Four is enthusiasm. Five is empathy, one of our favorites. Competence is number six. That's where I talked about the PMP certification and what that reflects. The ability to delegate tasks, being cool under pressure is eight. Team building skills is nine. And problem solving skills is 10. And I'll list these up in the show notes with a link here to, uh, to Tim Barry's article. The thought I'm left with here looking at this list overall is the importance of number two. That's where I'm landing on this list, being a good communicator. There are all sorts of diagrams about the number of, of conversations that are at work as the project team grows. Think about uh, on a circle, if there are two points on a circle and they represent team members and they're the only team members, what's the conversation? Well, if you draw a line across the circle between those two dots that represents that conversation, that's, that's very simple. What if you have three people on the team, then three dots on that circle, and then all of a sudden you have a line from each dot to each of the other two, and it looks like you have a little triangle inscribed in that circle. All right, what if there are four people on the team? So now there are four dots on that circle, and each one has three rays going out to each of the other dots. Sketch that out in front of yourself now, and then try it with five dots. Very quickly, if you have a project team of 10 people, look at the number of conversations 
that are at work there. And you in the PM role are, are responsible for more than just the 10, if that's the number of people on the team, just the 10 rays that are emanating from your point on the circle. You're responsible at a minimum, at a minimum, for at least being aware of what each of those rays represent. So not only do you have to be organized, you have to be a good communicator to talk about how we are going to get things done. What have we accomplished? What are the holdups? And that's important. You know, I think we're going to talk more about this communication within the PM role again. That's a, that's a beefy topic there. Okay, then. Thanks to Tim Barry for that article. I'll reach out to Tim, see if he'd like to join us here on the Labrador Leadership. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Take care of one another. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Labrador Leadership Podcast. For the sake of all the special people in your life that deserve you to be the best leader you can be. Connect with us on our website at labradorleadership.com, on Facebook at Labrador Leadership, and on Twitter at Lab Leadership. Now, here's a final thought from Bob. A good communicator, integrity, enthusiasm, empathy, and being cool under pressure. Keep those in mind. Please like us on Facebook at Labrador Leadership and come to our website at labradorleadership.com and click on the big orange button. See you next time.